Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn with Taj and Chels, season two, episode four. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chelsea, singer, actor, and all-around movie lover. Taji, let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. Yo, yo, yo. It's your girl, Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj. I am also an actress, filmmaker, and activist. And today, we are talking about sequels. Sequels! I said it twice. (laughs) I love it. Yes, sequels are here to stay, whether you like them or not. I mean, I feel like they will always be made. I mean, if a franchise is successful, its twin will probably... It is what it is. It is what it is, you know? It is what it is. Is it a a new, refreshing spin on an old favorite, or is it not worth the production cost? Well, we're going to get into it. Um, First up, I am going to talk about an epic. I wouldn't say it's just a film. It's more like an epic saga. The Godfather Part 2, 1974, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Godfather Part 2 is arguably one of the best sequels of all time, only because, and I've actually pulled people, this isn't just a pull from online, the internet. Uh, I think that people rank this movie so high because it is a prequel and a sequel within the same movie. Um, it's an amazing film, of course, legendary, and it still um, stands the test of time. It traces the problems of Marco Carleone, played by Al Pacino, in 1958, and that of a young immigrant, Vito Carleone, Robert De Niro, Michael's father, in 1917's Hell's Kitchen, New York. Michael survives many misfortunes, and Vito is introduced to a life of crime. Simultaneously, this is what you see happening. Happening, You see Vito arriving to uh, the States um, after escaping um, a planned, basically, assassination um, because his father had actually insulted the ringleader mobster um, in Sicily in the old country. And so he had to escape. They murdered his brother, his mother. It was so crazy. So... Robert De Niro actually does not speak a word of English in this entire film. He's speaking all the time in this movie. Um, in this film, Michael suffers assassination attempts as well, and he ends up having to kill his own brother, Fredo, at the end of the movie, who tried to go against Michael um, to be kind of like a running buddy. He was basically a runner for Mo Green, um, who was in Vegas owning all these nightclubs and things like that. The nightclub scene in Havana, Cuba, is where it all goes down. And Michael's like, I knew it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. And he gives the order and Fredo dies at the end of the movie. It's so gut-wrenching. It's so crazy. Um, this film was also the winner of six Academy Awards. Including, it racked up, seriously. Um, People love this movie. Oh, yeah. Including Best Director, Best Picture, and Best Supporting Actor, you know, for Robert De Niro's role as Vito Carleone at the 1975 Oscars. I watched The Godfather. There's four of them. But 
one through three are probably the best to me. The second is my favorite and it's my dad's favorite. I've watched these geez for years growing up. Um, my dad is obsessed with the Godfather series. So we like would watch as a family. And I remember just watching it as a kid with my dad. So kind of like father daughter bonding experience there. <laughs> so yeah, I think Godfather's like an American classic to watch. And like, I feel like everybody's seen it. So yeah, it's incredible sequel. Second sequel I'm going to get into is The Dark Knight 2008, directed by Christopher Nolan. So Christopher Nolan, before I get into the movie, Christopher Nolan, the director, like his movies are known to be intense. Um, So it's very interesting for me to have watched this, um, watched his take on a comic book franchise no less because you know batman's a comic book obviously dc comics but christopher nolan directs movies like dunkirk that came out in 2017 that was real and humanistic and sad and then you've got like inception you know so um it was very interesting seeing a director intense director like that do a comic book movie which was even more intense like you forget you're watching a batman movie the stuff that happens i'm like wait this is a batman movie it is not lighthearted, honey at all okay so this film starring christian bell michael kane gary oldman and the late heath ledger who was a very very good joker it's a very satisfying sequel to me um this film has some darker heavier moments it really walks that line where hero meets vigilante so you got bruce wayne trying to see which politician basically is not all the way crooked, but worth his salt to be a new leader for the Gotham city. Um, He thinks he's found one in Harvey Dent played by Aaron Eckhart. Alfred is Michael Caine's character, you know, the loyal Butler and advisor who tries to aid the headstrong Bruce Wayne, however he can. There's so many twists. There's action packed fight sequences, of course. And, one thing, too, about this movie, it being directed by Christopher Nolan, there are certain beats that are just downright disturbing. Like when Heath Ledger said he's going to make this pencil disappear and he, like, kills that guy and smashes his head over the desk with the pencil. Sticking. Oh, my God. I don't even remember. I got to watch this again. Oh, yeah. It was, it was trippy. So much so that I remember, I believe it was philosophy class. We watched a scene about that, about, like, um the psychological uh, standards of people when they had um, it's a powerful scene and you got all these people on these boats, right. And they're hostages. And like one ship is filled with inmates and the other ship is filled with civilians. And so it's like, which one is going to blow each other up first. And if you don't do it by a certain time, then the Joker will blow both the ships up. And so um, we watched that in philosophy class, um, kind of like analyzing um the animalistic nature that can come out of the most humanistic people because some of the uh, civilians were like, hey, they already had their chance. You know, they're inmates. We should blow them up first. And the other inmates were saying, hey, we shouldn't go down like this or I'm about to get out and this date and that date. And it was just so it was just anarchy. And I was just like, wow, this is such an intense, different like way to um, show this aspect. I thought it was very uh, ingenious and it was a really long take, which I thought was intriguing. And it was, it was really well done. And so of course, at the end, one of the inmates got up and just threw the um, detonator out the window and was just like, you know what, whatever happens, happens. But then the um, 
the civilians also didn't like activate the detonator. So it, they ended up being like, okay. And so like Batman was telling Joker, like, see, people aren't as evil as you think and things like that. But Joker was very disturbing. This movie had so many other disturbing moments as well, though, because I believe Harvey Dent's character by Aaron Eckhart, he like ends up kind of going evil as well because um, the love of his life, who used to be with um, Batman, um, Rachel, I believe her character's name was, she ends up dying because Batman has to save either him or her and um, he ends up going to his address instead and so she blows up and it was just, it was so crazy and gnarly and then like half his face is gone in this movie and he's like got acid, (laughs) seriously, because of the bombing, the explosion. Oh, yeah. Like half his face is gone. It's like kind of like the comic book and so it was like really uh, twisted and things like that and then he's like, uh, like, it's kind of like a play on words, like dirty politician. It, I don't know. I thought it was really cool how they did that. And, you know, I'm sidebar. I'm a big comic book nerd anyway. So I was just wanting to know how they would do this. But they made it like a real movie, very heightened. Um, yeah, this was a great film. Last film I'm going to get into is Mad Max Fury Road 2015, directed by George Miller. So I really enjoyed this movie. This film actually came out on my birthday a few years back. I think it was my 19th. Yeah, probably my 19th birthday. I love this film. It was so action-packed. It was kind of borderline psycho, but in a good way. It was enjoyable. Um, So if you know Mad Max, the original franchise is set on the backdrop of a dystopian future where civilization has basically been a thing of the past. In this film starring Tom Hardy as Max, and then you have Charlize Theron as Furiosa. This movie is about them avoiding the tyrannical leader, Joe, and freeing his enslaved wives. Um, He's basically like a sick polygamist, and he has this mask because he can't breathe on his own. And they're going out into the field and doing all kind of crazy stuff, trying to find water, um, a.k.a. Valhalla. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's a very entertaining film, fast-paced, gory in some parts, but it's overall entertaining so super fun movie i feel like i have two sides of my personality because i saw this like my birthday weekend when it had come out when i turned 19 but like actually on my 19th birthday i got surprised to see motown the musical i got like surprise tickets so i was like Ooh. Oh, i know i love motown musical girl i was so excited so Hollywood mm-hmm. Fantasia, so it's like musicals and then like mad max my action movie and then my music i was like yes This is the height of luxury. Anyway, those are my movies for this week. I hope you enjoyed them. Taji, let them know what yours are. Yes. So we're going a little bit, uh, I'm going to be a little bit childish today. Um, So uh, my first film, let's see. I'll start off with Incredibles 2. Y'all, I know y'all tried to get on them for, you know, it being... (laughs) 14 years but y'all don't know how long it takes to make a good movie on average movies take three years to make mm-hmm. if you want to make a good one yeah. take four to six you know this i don't know about taking like 10 10 to 12 but that's i mean Avatar now. <laughs> you gotta you gotta get money you have to your writers and then if you're like changing stuff so I think Incredibles 2 I was skeptical because you know that's like our childhood and you know 
um, today's kids are going to watch the second one and be like, what? And then watch the first one, like, okay. But Incredibles 2 came out um, in 2018, um, which it's a classic American computer animated superhero film. That's how it's categorized. Produced by Pixar um, and released by Walt Disney Pictures. Written and directed by the Brad Bird. So this sequel um, was just, I think they did a superb job on the animation. Um, A lot of people were raving about how this story um, was just so well thought out, which, you know, of course you took 14 years, right? And so they were saying how um, Brad Bird postponed development um, on the sequel to work on other films. So that's also part of it. If you want to keep the person who was, you know, spearheading the vision and they're working on other stuff that also prolongs um, the progress. So he attempted to distinguish the script from superhero films and superhero television series released since the first film, focusing on the family dynamic rather than the superhero genre. So that's also hard, right? Trying to, you know, even with being within a superhero genre still trying to zero in on other elements of what the actual story is about which is you know about family and supporting each other um so um yeah Incredibles 2 follows um you know immediately after um the events of the first film um and so you know the Incredibles and Frozone are battling and it just goes through and I don't want to give um too much away but um, it, it definitely was well thought out. The story has so many twists and turns and we just watch, you know, the children mature and, you know, utilize their powers to, for, you know, the sake of success for the family. And um, I just loved it. I loved all the twists and turns and, you know, watching Jack Jack um, <laughs> step into his powers per se, um, you know, Edna mode is still up in that thing. I loved just the continued development of the characters. I think it was very well thought out. Um, you know, I, after a while, I was just like, I mean, I wasn't expecting as a child, like, oh, when's the second one going to come out? I was kind of just like, this is my favorite movie and I'm going to watch it over and over and over again. So I remember when this sequel came out, my mom was like, oh, I remember, you, you know, this is your childhood movie. And it's like, wait, they came out with the second one? So, I mean, I think after a while, people weren't, like, expecting there to be a second movie. But, you know, since they were like, boom, we're doing the second one. Mm-hmm. All, all the people who are our age were like, move. All the kids in the theaters, move out the way. Like, it was hilarious. Like, all you see is, like, literally, like, <laughs> early 20-year-olds just, like, in the theaters taking up all the spots. Oh, um, loved it. Loved it. Um but yeah, please, please watch Incredibles 2 if you haven't. Um, just fantastic um, voiceover performances from all the actors and great animation, well-developed story. Um, it's just a family classic. Go watch it. Um, yeah. So next, I'll say Finding Dory. Um, we love it. 2016 American 3D computer animated adventure film. Also produced by Pixar. Also released by Walt Disney um directed by andrew stanton um i just loved this loved 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 this um so they're saying it's a sequel slash spinoff to the 2003 finding nemo movie um so um you know returning voices of ellen degeneres and albert brooks um so with a lot of other um wonderful people i loved i loved that the sequel was um slash spinoff was 
um, told from Dory's angle, you know, mm-hmm. just, I just loved this angle. Like I loved it. Um, this, what is this? Hmm. 20. I mean, that's kind of a far off thing too. Like the first movie um, was released in 20, 2003. And then this was released in 2016. Um, so 13 years. I mean, this similar, you know, it takes time, especially the animation. People are drawing these things, guys. People are, you know, staring at a computer screen for so long. Like it takes time. So Oh, yeah. I loved it. Um, it shows Dory's um, childhood and, you know, her struggles with memory loss, um, short term memory loss as a child and just the flashbacks um, that she goes through throughout the movie. Um, I don't want to give the big part away, but, you know, she remembers something. And basically, you know, um, it's also a family oriented thing. It's all about family and looking out for each other. And so I just loved um, watching, you know, her journey and just, you know, being sympathetic, you know, because that's the thing is like, there are humans (laughs) with this um, thing is like, I have short-term memory loss. So it made me more sympathetic to think that, you know, this is actually not just fantasy. This is like actual people struggle with this. Um, Dory at the end. And like also, so did my mom. (laughs) Um, I I, I did too. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even gonna lie. I did a little bit, a little tear. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, um, I love watching, you know, the gang, the old gang continuing on and, um, watching it from Dory's angle with her being the main character. Um, but also I love the new, um, animals that they introduced the octopus, man, that guy is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, basically like the Grinch, but in octopus form, um, octopus named Hank, just watch it. So you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, in like showing animals and inside of, um, you know, an aquarium as well in this, in this one. And just like, you know, just watching that whole process of her trying to, you know, figure everything out and go through those flashbacks. It was so like rewarding to watch Dory win. Like, yes, you're remembering. Yes, you're remembering. Like, keep going, Dory, keep, keep going. So, um, yeah. And I think it educated a lot of people more about like, you know, um marine life and things of that sort too so um yeah i loved it that's great um thought it i thought it was cool thought it was dope (laughs) um last film is jumanji next level the next level look y'all i was so skeptical because i was like what the heck is this like i was like jumanji is my like top five childhood you know like movie Come on now. What is this? We got Dwayne the Rock. We got Kevin Hart up in this. I was like, oh, these fools. And also, um, you know, rest in peace to um the Rock's uh father who just passed, sending my condolences. Um, yeah, very, very, you know, that's a very tough thing to lose a parent, especially so early into the new year, uh, when everybody's in, in such a, you know, such a mindset of of just hope and things of that sort. So um, yeah, keep him in your prayers and positive thoughts and send him some love. Um, but this film was hilarious. Literally, these two are such goofballs. I love it. And they're friends in real life. That's the thing is like, that's what makes their chemistry even better. Like, I I thought I wasn't going to like it, but I kind of did. I'm not going to lie. I kind of did. My cousin took took me and my siblings to go see it. I was I was really skeptical. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it just shows um, it's supposed to be um, three years after their adventure in Jumanji. Um, these characters are leading different lives, um, but they uh, plan a reunion brunch. And so um, they are, you know, find the game in an old, um, in this room inside of a box. And then, you know, contemplating, should I return to Jumanji? Hmm, yeah, sure. And so um, Spencer, um, he spends his first night in his room looking over the broken video game system. And, you know, his friends visit and, you know, people find out and get a hold of it. And boom, they are back getting, you know, immersed back into this game. But their characters um, look like that of the main actors. And then when they come come out of the game at the end, you'll see um, it goes back to the characters who are supposed to be um, the players, the people behind the game. Mm -hmm. So um, it it was a very interesting take on our beloved childhood um, movie. I was so overly protective um, because I love Robin Williams and I was like, y'all could never. Um, (laughs) So, um, but it was very funny. I think Dwayne, um, Dwayne The Rock and um, Kevin Hart are wonderful scene partners. Um, great comedic comedic approach. Um, I loved um, the adventure that it brought, watching them, you know, go through their challenges and problems within the game. Will they make it out? Will they? Um, I kind of gave it away already, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was a great um, whirlwind of, of, you know, edge of your seat type thing like oh like do it do it so um it was great um and so i don't all right let's get into our next segment personal everest now when one makes a big summit up a mountain say mount everest for example there are a set of skills and tools that one must adhere to to master with a great team around them to get the job done so the personal everest for a director making a sequel is to make sure that the film's franchise is better than the original or adds to the original without straying away from the reason people love the film in the first place which i think is the actually the biggest hurdle that a director must make when making a sequel what do you think tosh yeah most definitely i think staying true to the story and not going too far off into a different world is like the biggest thing but i mean you know you have creative authority right if you want to go with a different angle, sort of like how they did with Finding Dory. That's why they called it a sequel slash spinoff. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, really, if you're going to, if you're going to do something, you really got to do it right and devote, devote, you know, time and like, just spend time in the story. So they knew like, we're going to, we're going to approach this from Dory's angle. And like, you know, there is no confusion about that. Um, with Incredibles too, they took, you know, a long time to really develop the story in terms of the family element um, and still keeping that superhero genre, but not focusing so much on it that they forget about, you know, the what we loved in the original, which is we fell in love with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's definitely important to stay true to what the original was trying to accomplish. Um, but I mean, as long as we keep doing sequels and creating sequels to films, um, people a majority of people will always um, just root for the original because that was the first one that they saw. It's like a thing. Yeah. I feel like that's the safety net. Cause it's like, I know what's going to happen. This is the original story. And this is the original story. Right. Yeah. 
school stuff gets diluted, you know, because it keeps being remade and so it's not special anymore, you know. But I feel like yeah. some, some films can stand alone. Like Mad Max Fury Road is nothing like the original. It's kind of more like a female empowerment piece. Yeah. That's a movie. Or The Dark Knight because it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Kind of like some people like that too. Like if it's part of the same franchise, but it's like a different spin. Some people like that, and so I mean, you as a director, as a creator, you just have to know that you know some people are going to mess with the vision, and some people won't. And that's just for each um, story that you create, um, no matter what angle you come from with the sequel or even the original. There's always going to be somebody who would have preferred it to be a different way. So I think just committing to whatever idea you have um is most helpful and um yeah just i'm i'd say stay true to the story so that you can keep that same keep that same audience and build upon that and you know just tell just tell a good sequel Mm -hmm. um but be creative too i think while you are evolving but stick to the same you know story be creative but stick to the story and Mm -hmm. you know tell it's supposed to be an extension. So, you know, get that new angle in there, but still keep those, um, you know, the elements of the story that are in the original. I think too, like being a musician, like there's so much stuff, but um, that I love to write about and it's different stories and it's different um, things that you're going through and different experiences and new experiences and you're always evolving. And I feel like um, as long as you keep singing or you keep writing, you're going to always find new ground to cover and new things to break open. Speaking of shameless plug, today is January 31st and my new single, Sheen Here, dropped today. So, oh, yeah, baby. I have to highlight that in the podcast. Please stream poo. Yes, it is available everywhere. Stream that. Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Stream that. Please download that song. Buy that song in the iTunes store. Please support your girl. She ain't here. Chelsea J. It's out today. It's literally, literally. (laughs) Lay it. Okay, what y'all need to do is support indie indie artists by play the track, play whatever track or play the album all the way through, whether it's a single or it's an EP or whatever. Play it while you go to sleep so that they get all those streams for like those seven or eight hours, hopefully, if you're sleeping for that long. But yeah, so just keep your phone, you know, on and play that music. Still set your alarm, but, you know, just keep the streams coming in. Yes, do that. Stream it. Tell your friends. And plus, you're going to love the song anyway. You're going to want to put on repeat anyhow. So (laughs) period. Thank you all for listening. Please tune in next week. We will be discussing sci-fi films. Oh my god. It's so fun and fantastical. Um, is it only enjoyable for the already converted? Do you need a third eye to fully accept the genre? I don't know. We all know Tosh has three eyes, though, and Tosh loves sci-fi, so. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's been a journey with me in sci-fi. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Yes, we will talk about that next week. Feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at ShadeButterPop. Follow us on Instagram at ShadeButterPopCorn. Or you can follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow me at Tajiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. Bye.